Welcome back to Practicing Catholic. Patrick Conley, glad to be with you again, along with Cammie Rathum, our producer, Paul Sadek, our technical producer, coming to you through the relevant Radio 1330 AM studios in Golden Valley. Well, as we wrap up the liturgical year this weekend, we also launched the all-important phase of synod evangelization, fleshing out all the wonderful priorities that have emerged as priorities for our continued growth as an archdiocese, under the guidance, of course, of Archbishop Hebda's pastoral letter released this weekend. Our new editor-in-chief of the Catholic Spirit, Joe Ruff, sat down with our chief shepherd for his thoughts on the letter and the path forward. Let's listen. Well, praise God. After three years of tireless work at the hands of many volunteers, employees of the Archdiocesan Catholic Center, and of course, our bishops, the culmination of the Synod is here. Archbishop Hebda's Synodal Pastoral Letter has been released this weekend of the Solemnity of Christ the King. For those listening on Saturday, you'll be able to find it now at archspm.org backslash synod letter. Taking the time out of his busy schedule to join us today is our humble shepherd himself, Archbishop Bernard Hebda. Archbishop, what an honor to speak to you during this momentous time. Joe, I'm, I'm thrilled to be talking uh, with you about this letter as well. You're right, it's been a, a, a long time in the coming and that we've been working for three years. In so many ways, though, our, our work is only now beginning as the letter comes out and we have to begin to implement what we heard during the synod so in, in you're right that is this is a momentous time but it really is ushering in a, a, a time of even greater work so i'm looking forward to that as well is there a significance uh, archbishop to releasing it on the weekend of christ the king well it's just we certainly always want to have our eyes fixed on jesus uh, that certainly has been a recurring theme throughout our synod preparations. We want to make sure that everything that we're doing as an archdiocese leads people to Christ and that we're able to make Jesus known and loved throughout our archdiocese. And so it seemed appropriate that a weekend that holds up Jesus as our king would be an, an appropriate time. And I think that people were thinking as well that it was a way of making sure that I got my work done too, Joe, right? So they gave me a deadline of this uh, of this great feast, uh, this solemnity. So it's, it seems appropriate um, that we would be offering everything that we do um, to Christ, and this is a, a fitting time for that. Certainly, this is a momentous time in part because, indeed, the letter is in the hands of the faithful, and now we get to look at its contents and try to understand how it will be implemented. How might people see this, our practicing Catholic listeners and others within their parishes, how will they see it uh, kind of hit the ground? Yes. So uh, as you mentioned, Joe, it's already available online. Uh, we're hoping people will also have the opportunity to have a hard copy in their hands. That will depend on, on their pastors. The Archdiocese will be collaborating with each parish, too, and, and how it is that we might be able to do that. But my great hope is that people will take the time to read. It's a, it's a little bit on the long side, Joe. I have to apologize for that before people even have the chance to read it. But we, we think that uh, after three years that it's a, a, a fitting document, and it's certainly something that can be read in, in bite-sized bits as well, you know. So we're hoping that 
people will 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 take that opportunity to uh, to hear what it is that 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 I heard in the course of the synod, and uh, and to understand how I've tried to make sense of uh, what what we've heard and how it might be something that sets us on a path for for moving forward together. You know, one of the great uh, insights that I, I've certainly had in really the, the church has been hearing so much about from Pope Francis is the importance of journeying together. And that's really where we get that word synod. And it, it had a very concrete canonical perspective in the three years that we were preparing for the synod assembly. But now it speaks much more to the way in which we relate to one another, that we're going to be listening to one another and as we listen to one another, striving to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Though, as I was mentioning, and in a lot of ways, this document is just the introduction for us to go further and to have those opportunities to really listen to one another in the faith and and even to get feedback on what people are reading and how they see it uh, moving them forward. You know, the, the first area where most of our parishes will be seeing some action and, and, and hearing about has to do with each pastor being asked to call together uh, the 12. And uh, it's not always literally 12, but it's that, that sense of just as Jesus called together the 12 apostles, so we're asking each parish to put together a team that would be really focused on uh, implementing the synod by working on evangelization. So these are people that either work uh, work for the parish or that they're volunteers who are part of the parish and who have a gift for evangelization. But we're hoping that already right after the first of the year that those teams would be coming together, that we'll be giving them uh, the training that they need in collaboration with the Catechetical Institute and the Catechetical Institute's uh, School of Discipleship. And then it'll be that that small team that then acts as a catalyst for moving the the pastoral letter priorities uh, forward in the parish in a way that offers some uh, standardization throughout the archdiocese. This will be going on in every one of our parishes, and at the same time allowing uh, the parish to also recognize what are the distinct parts of parish life. Uh, how is it that we're able to? really center the, the priorities of the pastoral letter into the, the life of this parish. One of the things that I've ex experienced is that each of our parishes is very distinct. Now, there are some commonalities, but we also have a lot of uh, individualism, in independence in parish life, and so we want to be respectful of that as well. But we're trusting that the same Holy Spirit that that guided us throughout these three years will now be guiding the pastors and his evangelization teams and the, and the people of the parish and moving forward. But we're hoping that there's going to be good give and take uh, with, with the parishioners as they encounter uh, the pastoral letter, so that there'll be opportunities to share with me and then also with their pastors and their evangelization teams. There seems to be some real inspiration there of providing support and providing some some structure, but also giving um, parishes the opportunity to make this plan work for them as as an entity in the church. Well, I, I'm certainly very ho hopeful about that, Joe. You know, one of the the difficulties, especially when you're talking about something for three years, is you hear 
so many great ideas. And so the most difficult part of this work has been how do we figure out what are the first steps? What are the, the priorities? What are those things that uh, even recognizing that there's plenty of other stuff that's important, how how is it that we take these first steps together that will enable us to go even further and to continue the discernment? And so that's ultimately what the pastoral letter was about and then also what we will be experiencing in these first years. For the average person sitting in the pew each Sunday, but also for the one who's maybe feeling a bit fallen away, what's waiting for them and the contents of this pastoral letter? What hope or inspiration might they might they find there? Yes, so I, I'm hoping that they experience our, our church as being guided by the Spirit and that they're willing to... Uh, use their gifts uh, to help build up the church and to respond to that Holy Spirit in a very concrete way. As I mentioned, you know, for those who have been called together to be part of the 12 of this evangelization team, it's going to have an immediate impact on on their lives. But as we uh, look a little bit forward and look to our, our uh, priorities, our um, priorities in moving forward, we're really hoping that the people in our pews are going to be able to be trained in in the in the ministry of small groups that that would be happening in the fall of 2023 and then as a result of that kind of training that we might see um, a real expansion of small group ministry in each of our parishes in in uh, right after uh, the new year of 2024 and that Joe is is what really excites me because I think uh, small groups, as as we've had some experience of, and we've seen in other dioceses and in other other settings, really has the opportunity to address both those people who are always in the pew and also those people who may have drifted or may feel some uh, uh, alienation or, or uh, distance uh, from the institutional church. It's a way of making a, a universal church present in a much more human way even in our small parishes, sometimes it can seem in, that an individual might might feel that the approach is impersonal or that uh, the pastor doesn't know them or the parishioners don't know them. Uh, but we're hoping that as we uh, really move forward with this first item, this first priority of small groups, that we might be uh, changing that. And in a way that also gives us new ways of, of uh, delivering great content but also um, reminding people of how the Holy Spirit's moving in the church and giving them a personal relationship that makes the church not just some theoretical entity, but something that's much more concrete as they begin to develop relationships with a, a small number of, of parishioners or, or like-minded people um, or, or even even strangers who, with whom they're willing to share their stories. So for me, that that first item of, of small groups is going to uh, really be so important in, in moving this forward. And then as we we look to the questions, you know, at, at the Synod, there was a, a much voting in favor of education on the Mass. We know there's a great love for the Eucharist, um, but that desire to, to know more about the Mass I, is something that we're going to really strive to uh, assist with in the second year, second set of priorities uh, uh, for the whole archdiocese that will be lived out in the parish. And then the third year would be how it is that we can help 
parents in their task as being the first educators of the faith. So they're all related to what we heard at the at the synod. You know, they all received a good number of votes in, in in terms of the propositions that were voted upon at the synod. And we think that this will give us a way, at least for these first three years, uh, to begin in a, in a reasonable way to address those things. Now we have the letter in our hands. It's available on the internet. We can go to it, uh, step away from it. How might you encourage people to uh, to really pray with it, Archbishop? Yes, you know, we were mindful of, of um, trying to include lots of scripture quotations and lots of quotations from uh, the Second Vatican Council and other um, uh, items from the magisterium. So I think that uh, we've divided this into bite-sized pieces that people could easily take to prayer, especially the scripture verses, and allow the uh, in the midst of their prayer to figure out how it is that the Holy Spirit is inviting them to be part of what we're doing in in the Archdiocesan Church and trying to get some kind of a response. But we're really hoping that uh, people will, will talk about this with their spouses, with their kids, um, with their parents in, in a way that uh, helps us uh, to discern further how best we can move forward to be that that witnessing church uh, that we know Jesus wants his church to be. It's a, we use uh, throughout the, the pastoral letter, Joe, the image of the upper room where the Lord not only washed the feet of the disciples, but he introduced them to the Eucharist and commanded that they that we do this in memory of him. And then he, that's also where he sent down the Holy Spirit upon us as well. So we want to make sure that we're always mindful of how it is that the Lord is calling us to service, to the washing of feet, how it is that he's calling us into communion through the Eucharist and the other sacraments, and uh, and then always to have a sense for how the fire of Pentecost can be lived out more fully in our Catholic life. That's a lot to pray about. How might we pray for you this month, Archbishop? Yes. So, I mean, I, I've always been asking people to help me to listen well and um, so that in terms of the responses that we get to the pastoral letter that we might be able to uh, respond well to that that i might be able to do that i also would would ask that um that i might also be able to engage in that ongoing discernment you know the the pastoral letter gives us a framework there's still so much to be uh, determined about how concretely uh, things are going to move forward much of the pastoral letter uh, reflects the fact that I believe that for most people, it's at the parish that we encounter Christ in his church. And so it's very parish oriented. But at the same time, there's a lot of room for support coming from the archdiocese. And so in those prayers for me, that it would be that I would be able to discern how best we can support our our pastors and lay faithful in our parishes. In, in bringing forward the vision of the, the synod. But it's in that supporting work that I know the archdiocese can do. So it's, some of it will be structural. We've already been, and we will, and uh, you can see in the letter how it is that we've uh, begun some new offices, how we've resurrected some others, but how it is that we're hoping to be able to, uh, to be of, of support to our pastors and parishes as they bring this forward.
It's an amazing document. Thank you. Well, this is truly an exciting time to be part of our local church, and I want to thank you, Archbishop, for making it so. And um, and I want to thank you for your time today. Well, you're most welcome, Joe. You know, it's only possible because of the great response that we had when we invited people to come and to our prayer and listening events or to the uh, parish consultations with small groups and uh, and really and then the amazing work that took place at the Synod Assembly. So I, I was happy to be able to invite people into that kind of collaboration, but it's only been successful because of the uh, the great response that that we we received, and and so know how how grateful I am uh, for that, and that makes me excited about what can happen in our church. Thank you, Archbishop. And I want to remind our listeners: keep an eye on our Archdiocesan social media pages for links to view the pastoral letter in its entirety, along with insights into what's coming up next and how to stay involved with the synod in the coming weeks and months. Our handle is at Archdiocese SPM on both Instagram and Facebook, so be sure to give us a follow. And thank you again, Archbishop. God bless you. Thank you, Joe. God bless you and your listeners. And if you're listening on Saturday, the letter is out now. Visit archspm.org slash letter to read it for yourself. Please pray for Archbishop and all synod leadership within our parishes. Stick around. We'll be back shortly with some exciting offerings from around the Archdiocese. We'll be right back.